Hi, everyone. The following podcast is a direct message network and podcast one production. We are directly to your favorite stars. Hey, listeners, looking for an affordable way to go back to school? National University is investing $30 million in new scholarships. For 50 years, National University has pioneered achievable higher education. Today, NU offers over 75 100% online degree programs and flexible four-week class schedules that let you start sooner and finish faster. National University. Classes start monthly. Apply for your scholarship today at nu.edu. All right, guys, if you're like me, um, you like free stuff. And I have a free sample for you guys to try this week um, from OxyClean Odor Blasters. I don't know about you guys, but uh, our place has been getting a little funky uh, because we're doing some working out out in the garage and we're bringing all obviously our, our clothes in uh, and they're just nasty. At least mine are. Uh, and we've got a couple dogs who, you know, are all around the house and they are also nasty sometimes. But OxyClean has, has done magic for me. Uh, these little odor blasters, they just blast away the funk uh, that you would imagine is, is in my workout clothes and on the dog's blankets and on the rugs uh, and everything else that they touch. So if, uh, if you got some of that going on in your life and uh, you want to rid it with something that's super powerful uh, and will just blast away that funk... Uh, I got something for you for you to try. So you've got to try OxyClean Odor Blasters for yourself. To work your magic with OxyClean, go to OxyClean.com slash try me and order a free sample. That's OxyClean.com slash try me, T-R-Y-M-E, for a free odor blaster sample while supplies last. This is adulting like a mother father. Thanks for tuning in to learn more. We applaud you. Now sit back, relax. So baby, keep it pushing while we have a couple laughs. And maybe get a little mushy. But don't forget to take a deep breath. Adulting can be hard sometimes. Just take the next step. Pick the right foot up and put it in front of the left. You do this over and over and you'll be headed to rest. And let me introduce you to the star of the show, Daniela Monet. I bet you probably heard her say, Chicago, Chicago. Well, now she's all grown up and got a little baby boy. His name is Gio Dang. What a bundle of joy. We're a tribe of three, but we're building a community. So come along. It's time for some adulting. Hello, hello, adulters. Welcome back to Adulting Like a Mother Father. I'm Daniela Monet, the mother. And I'm Andrew, the father. And we're both adults. adults. And if you're an adult or just trying to be one, this is the show for you. So we have a really great episode ahead of you guys. We had a conversation with um, a friend of mine. You guys may be familiar with her, Sophie Jaffe. Uh, she's an influencer. She's a wellness guru. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's really, really real. And um, she and her husband, Adi, came on our show. And what I wanted to dive into with Sophie was their relationship because she's pretty vulnerable about the highs and the lows and everything that makes up who they are today and how they've worked to become this couple that they are. They have a podcast, a podcast called ignited that shares a lot more about this stuff, but it ended up being a quite lengthy conversation. And then we got off the zoom and Andrew and I had our own lengthy conversation. And so we're going to keep this short and sweet. Um, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Sorry, I'm taking over. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Ramble on. No, no. I Go ahead. <laughs> um, 
I'm just going to add this. I think for, for anybody in a relationship or even if you're not, you know, you eventually will be, I would assume. Um, this was a very cool conversation between two people who have been together for 16 years who like everybody else have had their highs, have had their lows. They even split for a period of time. Um, but through all of that, they've chosen each other year after year. Um, and their relationship, and they'll talk about this a lot has evolved and they talk about the flow of a river. So there is no stagnation there. They are both evolving individually, uh, and both willing to evolve as a couple. So it's really cool to hear about their journey and where they're at now, uh, because they've blended their lives even more. Um, and like she said, Sophie is really vulnerable. You were talking about Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it, if you've seen her Instagram, she has a beautiful Instagram. Um, but what is cool is she goes much, much deeper and she's very, very honest about daily struggles, uh, that we would all deal with a lot about relationships like this conversation. Uh, but it's just cool to see somebody take it to that level. Cause I think a lot of us are guilty of just showing the highlights of our life and keeping it very surface level. And, uh, she has no problem opening the book for us. Yeah. So should we take a quick break and then come back with Sophie and Adi? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. We'll be right back. You know, I was, I'm trying to figure out how to like describe you as an influencer because you're very heavy handed in like the wellness, yogi, um, holistic space, but then also about like all the different elements of your life that are uh, real and people don't always like talk about like I know yeah. your relationship all these different things that you're just like very forthcoming about I think you know I started differently than most influencers and in that I had a superfood company and like a life in wellness I you know already had this established career and I was already an expert in all things wellness so um you know I think that that's the difference and then people came to me as an expert and then it, then the influencer world started. So it was, it was kind of like reverse instead of like becoming an influencer. I was already an established expert in the wellness field. And then, um, people were like, well, what are you doing for your skin? What are you like? Why are you like, how are you so like, how much energy, how do you have so much energy? Are you like, and I'm like, Oh, well the superfoods and this way of living. And, um, and then the more that I shared, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, you know me, I'm a very open, honest person and vulnerable. And then, um, the podcast came way down the line, but I think people came to me as someone who not just tells like the honest truth about what I am experiencing, but also, um, I've been like a social activist my whole life. So it's like that piece also. And so I think, it's, it's more like broad than just wellness. Wellness is like internal, it's external, it's physical, emotional, spiritual, and it's wellness is our wellness as a collective too. And I think that's where like, I differ from other wellness influencers who are like, here's what I ate today, you know? Totally. Totally. And it's your, the relationships in your lives. It's, it's everything. It's, you can't separate them. Wellness is all things that make a person well and, and the relationships is a huge part and the way that we are in the world and our relationship to all these things. So I think, you know, it, there's a lot there because that's being human, you know? Totally. And these are the accounts that I think are so important for all of us to follow because there are so many beautiful, shiny influencers out there showcasing all their like beautiful aspects of their life, but they're just 
there's few and far between that are super real and, and we'll talk about the nitty gritty. And I think you're a great example of that. Um, and I'm so glad to have a D on the show because I have learned a little bit about your relationship through Sophie's like posts and how she shares so much and how you guys are constantly working on your relationship and growing together as a couple. And I just thought like, you guys have been together for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. We've 16 been years. We met 16 years ago. Amazing. So what, wow. so what's, what's the trick here? Give us some, some nitty gritty, like adult. We were actually just talking about this yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Really? We were just talking about this yesterday. I think before we went to bed. talking about it and confronting like, where could we be working a little bit more? It's not, it's so hard to do everything at the same time. And while you have these balls in the air with your children and with your friendship, and then you look over here and you're like, Oh, we've been neglecting this other thing and our intimacy and our sexuality. It's like, it's impossible to do it all at the same time. But the idea is to keep bringing energy to each aspect. And that's what we were talking about last night. After 16 years, after however many years in a relationship, it can be so challenging to keep it fresh and interesting and interesting. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, first of all, I don't know that I would have known this 16 years ago, but recognize it's just like life, your relationship is going to change. And you can try to resist that. You can try to do everything you can to keep your partner the same and you the same, but then you're going to struggle. You're going to have resentment. You're going to cause each other more and more pain through that effort. I mean, what Sophie is so great at and what she's taught me in life in general is you can swim, right? So you can kind of you can decide what direction you're going to move with and you're going to, you're going to decide if you're going to swim faster or slower, but there's also this river, this current, this flow of life. And if you decide you can, you can decide you want to swim upstream. You can decide you want to do that. But if you do that, you're going to work hard. You're going to go nowhere and you're going to tire yourself out really, really quickly. So they're all choices. And sometimes, by the way, one of us will make that choice. We'll yeah. make the choice that, you know what? No, I want to really fight the way that our life is going. Yeah. And we'll be resentful and it'll cause some stuff. So I think when, to speak to what you were talking about earlier, what is fresh about Sophie, Sophie always says, you know, she's, she is a Torah, so she's pretty bullish and, and stubborn when you really, really know her. Strong-willed. Uh, Strong-willed, yes. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll let her go with that for now. But the, the point is... I feel like you probably people have heard this cliche before, but you know, our relationship has been like dancing for 16 years. And that means that sometimes you're tired of dancing and you want to sit down, but the, the music's not over. So you got to keep <laughs> dancing. And, and sometimes your partner wants to dance one way and you want to dance another and you have to kind of talk about it and solve it. And the, to me, there's a real beauty in it because we talk about this all the time, but like when we broke up, we'll talk about more, some of these things probably maybe through this today, but when we broke up for almost a year, Sophie dated somebody who was more like her. And when she came back to the other side, she said, that was really boring. It was actually really boring. If I would have dated somebody like me, it would not be boring, but we would kill each other. <laughs> we would murder each other. Like one of us would be in prison. And so there has to be a gratitude for me to recognize that Sophie's differences and things I don't understand about Sophie are also part of what makes our relationship really interesting and engaging and fresh and not wish that she was more like me because that would be a nightmare. And, you know, so I, I think, I think there's, that took a while to learn, Yeah, but it's, it's really powerful. I for love us. that. I love that. It's so true. And it's, you know, those differences in the beginning, you're like, Oh, but we're just so different. 
at the core, we're so similar. Our foundation, what our, what we value, which also is ever changing, right? We're like, oh wait, maybe I don't feel that way. Or maybe I, you know, we, we're growing together and learning together, but at our core, the things about family and the way that we want to live our lives for the most part and the way that we try, you know, like those things, like what we really care about at the core are really where we find those similarities. And then our personality differences are what make, keep it interesting. Right. Oh, totally. I mean, I think I was initially, I agree completely with all of that. And I think we're still on that track to like, um, accepting each other's differences, even though that's what initially attracted us to one another Mm -hmm. to begin with. And those are the things that like, I'm still very attracted to, but it's like this sometimes you just like butt heads because you're like, wait a second, like, these are the traits that I think are are so cute. And like, I love the most, but they're also the ones that I find most difficult to like work within my personality or things that I'm most familiar with. Absolutely. I want to focus on the communication aspect of your guys' relationship real quick. We talk about being so open and willing to discuss all these things that can be difficult sometimes. And you said it, it took a while to get there, right? Mm. Or is that something you guys have been doing from the get-go? Uh, <laughs> well, Sophie and I used to talk about nothing difficult. And, and it pretty much broke us up. Um, so, yeah, so about a year in our relationship, we had a year. We call it a break now, but nobody knew it was a break when we started. We, she broke up with me. I cheated on her. She broke up with me. And it was when we got back together that this rule about, hey, we're going to have to go get professional help. Like, we're going to have to go sit and talk to somebody about our stuff started. And really, for years, it's been, man, it's been like seven years since Mark or something like that now. Mm-hmm. So up until like five, six years ago, we were going pretty regularly to a therapist we went through three different therapists during that time, but, but one that we loved that we stayed with for like five or six years. And the reason I bring that up is a lot of people have, in my opinion, a very um, mistaken idea of working on the communication and working on your relationship. They think that if you work on your relationship, that shows that there's something wrong with it. Yeah. I think that if you work on a relationship, it means you care about it. Yeah. And those are two very different ways of looking at the idea, right? Like we have a house. We love our house. If we didn't clean it or pay somebody to clean it or take care of it, like, you know, if the power went out and I just said, screw it, it doesn't matter. We'll live this way. We could live that way for a while Mm -hmm. and then things would fall apart. And then, you know, rodents or termites or whatever it is, as they start gradually eroding the house, it's on us to go do the work. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with our house. It means I really care about where we live. Same thing with my car. Same thing with everything else. Same thing with my kids. But somehow around relationships, around mental health, people feel like, hey, I don't want to go get help for this because that means I'm somehow damaged. Yeah. And for us, we found the exact opposite. When we don't show up, when we don't talk about the things that are hard and make a point of having conflict, we're not taking care of the relationship. And over time, the resentments are going to build, the, the friction is going to build, and then trust there will be a blow up. And yeah. hopefully the blow up doesn't, la- doesn't mean that our relationship is over, but that's our job is to take care of it. Well, when you neglect, yeah, it's just like when you neglect something, even when it's really good, like at a certain point, it's neglected. It's no matter what it is. And so we can be doing really well for a while, but then if six months pass and we don't go to a workshop, have a deep conversation about something, you know, with a group of friends or like 
get a, have a big fight in a healthy way, um, move through something challenging, face something. If we are just coasting, we're going to feel that. And there's going to be issues that come up and it's going to be trans. It's going to, you know, come about in kind of ways that aren't healthy. And, you know, maybe we're fighting around the kids or maybe we're snapping at each other. Like you have to look at that stuff before it becomes a problem. And that's what we learned is like, we don't have to be at each other's throats to get help. We don't have to be on the verge of divorce to get help. We don't have to be going through cheating to get help. It's a maintenance thing. And it's not all all the time. Like this is, this is self-care for our relationship because we're talking about, we're reflecting and we're talking about the truths of our, this is part of it. Our podcast is part of it. Um, talk, you know, we have friends that are healers. We have friends that are intimacy coaches. We're trying new things all the time. We went to Tulum and tried a crazy like tantric workshop and we can talk about that more, but it's, you know, that challenges, <laughs> that challenges our comfort zones, both of us from, for different reasons. We have our own histories with each other and individually with sex and intimacy. And so we took a three hour workshop and, you know, and all of these things are part of what makes us a well-rounded, healthy couple. I think it's so cool that you guys, I mean, I know that you've been together for a long time and I think it's really powerful when you see couples that have been together this long, like diving deeper into the things that are, I mean, in my opinion, cause I'm naive and we've only been together nine years, but I think like, Oh, so oh, much. Just only. Only. <laughs> only been together nine people years listening to that right now going, Holy. Well, I know that's a long time, but I sometimes it's, great. it's beautiful. Like, so much should just come natural and that like, why, why is this now an issue? Like this should just be something that is, you know, natural and that we shouldn't have to work very hard at. And so I'm very resistant to, um, having deeper, like hard conversations. Um, so some of the things that like, so people will post about in regards to your relationship, especially when you guys went to Tulum and you had that into or intimacy coach or class or whatever it was like, these are things that I feel like are so important to do at every stage of your relationship. It doesn't matter how long you've been together. Um, so I'm curious to learn more about that and what brought that decision um, to the surface. Yeah. So a couple of things that I, in that give and take that we have, there's almost always one of us. It's rarely both of us at the same time, by the way, but there's almost always one of us that wants to go deeper mm-hmm. And the other one who's just kind of coasting and and okay with where we are right now. And I think there have been so many, I can think of so many realizations and recognitions so that we've had over the years where I've said to you, Hey, we're doing really well. Why are you pushing so hard? Or Sophie saying to me, Hey, we're, we're we're really, really good. Why are you not happy with this aspect of our life? Um, What we've just learned over time is, is just that I don't think stagnation is really an option. I don't think, you know, Sophie was saying, if you just kind of let it sit, then then you're stagnating. I, I think that when you are letting it sit, it's devolving. It's getting worse. You just don't recognize, you don't realize, and sometimes you see it too far ahead. But I remember Sophie, years ago, it was one of our therapist session, where the realization hit her that I'm never going to be able to read her mind, like ever. 30 years, 50 years in, I cannot read her mind. Now, I'm also... um how do I say this without making myself sound like a complete a-hole? Um, I am not the most empathetic in, in clinical work. I am, but like in my personal life, I don't dates. Don't 
matter enough to me. They should matter much more than they do, but they don't like, they just pass and go. So birthdays, anniversaries, my own birthday, like I don't pay attention to that stuff, but I really want to make Sophie feel good. So I remember about a year ago, I screwed up one of them and then we were having a talk on a walk and Sophie was, I'm not going to lie to you and say it was like a comfortable conversation we were having. We were like half yelling at each other walking down the street. But by the end of it, it was really clear, hey, this made me feel bad when you, you know, fill in the blank of me forgetting to do something. And so then I had to really internalize and go, okay, well, it doesn't matter that I don't naturally, like people could not celebrate my birthday for the next five years. I don't think I'd even notice. I go like, oh, that was fun. We, we went to dinner over, like not even that, something. But Sophie was letting me know that's not the way it sat for her. And I've just realized over the years, there's self-care for both of us. And then there's coupleship relationship care. And they're not necessarily the same thing. There are things that benefit our coupleship that I wouldn't do if I wasn't with Sophie. But that doesn't matter. I am with Sophie, right? So, so it, I don't need to think that birthdays matter. I don't need to like switch in my head. I need to know that for my relationship with my wife, I need to put more work into it. And that's, I'll be, again, perfectly honest, it's not an easy process for me because I lived for decades before I met Sophie and kind of just being that a-hole self of myself that just didn't, didn't pay attention. But I care enough about this relationship to make those gradual, small adjustments. And that was a big learn for me. Yeah. And I think we go about it maybe in different ways. And obviously we have different perspectives on all of it. But for me, I'm just like, I can feel when something doesn't feel sparkly. So like it could be a friendship, it can be our relationship, it can be our sex life, it can be like hanging with my kids. When things start to feel stale, I'm just like, meh. And everything has felt stale from my workouts to the food I'm eating. Like this just happens. It's life. Like my hair gets boring and then I change the color. I, it's, it, we all love that. We love that nuance. We love the newness. And like, I can think of a thousand examples where a D is like, Oh my God, you look so great. Your hair looks different. And just like, I straightened it instead of curling it for the first time in three weeks. Like our brain likes that. And so for me, I just did more like, what do we need to do to make this a little more sparkly? Mm. And that can be any number of things. We went on a day date last week because I was leaving with our oldest for a job and we were, I was thinking we were leaving for three weeks. Now we're actually leaving this week for three weeks, but we were like, okay, let's get a date in. And it was hard. And I, there, I had a million things to do and I needed to pack and life got in the way. And our nanny was like, no, I'm on board with this. Go get your roller skates and I'll pack you a picnic and you guys are going. And our nanny packed us up picnic. We went to the beach. We fought for the first 45 minutes. But like, again, it's like that fight was important. That fight was important because we don't have the space. We're not making the space to have those conversations. Yeah. And that's a problem because then we're present full. And like, I don't even know where to start when I have 10 minutes with him throughout the day. Yeah. And I don't want to hurt the moment. And then he's going to go back to work and be in a bad mood. And then it's this whole thing, but just creating the space to check in or have a date. I didn't know we were going to fight on the date, but it's what came through and it was healthy. And by the next, you know, two hours, we got to roller skate. He took out a skateboard. We acted like kids. We went to get some food. It was so nice because we got the junk out of the way and found each other. And then we were sparkly again. So it's like, you just have to keep looking at it in different ways and, and playing around with it to make it sparkly again. I love all that. I think you bring up a lot of good points. Um, and I want to hit on two of them real quick. You talk about 
changing and making things new for yourself. And I think part of that is as an individual, we all want that for ourselves. It just feels good, like you said, right? But what are your thoughts on doing it for your partner just so that you're making things interesting for them too? Like you talked about doing your hair differently, right? And that's something, idea that you noticed. How important is it for you guys to just switch things up once in a while to keep it interesting for each other? Yeah. You know, one of the areas this comes up, and I think, Daniela, this is a little bit of the last question you asked as well, does come around intimacy. Um, It came up a little bit. I was actually wrong in my assumption, but it came up a little bit last night for us. You know, when you've been with somebody for 16 years, um, even like kissing and fooling around and making out, you've done it thousands of times. And it's like, you literally know, like when the person, oh, the kiss came. Okay, now he's going to put my his arms around me. Now the hand goes on the boob. Like, you've played out this script so many times. And I, to- I turned to Sophie. I go, damn, like, we're 16 years into this. If we do this right, we've got another, like, 50 years, you know? What do we do for the next 50 years to keep this interesting? Now, I thought in the moment that she was, like, getting bored. That wasn't what was going on. So we ended up having a conversation about it. But the... I think the sentiment is still true and and it rings with everything. Honestly, like everything, man, food, travel, you know, we go, we go to Israel. We've been together married like 11 years and we've gone to Israel more than those 11 years. So I think like 12 or 13 Mm -hmm. visits to Israel. Mm -hmm. And I feel Sophie's like resistance going like, cool, somewhere we go to Israel, but like, (laughs) can we go somewhere else? I know your whole family is there, but can we also go somewhere else? Yeah. And so we started talking more seriously about that in the last couple of years. Cause again, we've got like, we got 50 years together. There's a lot of places to see in the world. A lot of places to see. So a lot of places to see in the world, a lot of places to see on my wife, like (laughs) in all ways, I think what you asked is a really relevant question because you have to make an effort. We fall into these habits and yeah. I go to kiss my wife. She's laying in bed. She, she always lays in that position. I always do this first and that next. And it's up to me to some extent to go, Hey, we're going to, we're going to shift it up this time a yeah. little bit. And just to, for everybody listening right now, it sounds fun when I'm saying it, it feels uncomfortable when you're doing it <laughs> because different doesn't feel familiar yeah and you can know in your head that you want to change it so sophie and i talked very openly and we'll talk about a tiny bit of it if you want us here we talk about it quite a bit on our podcast we've tried a lot (laughs) and and some of those things so sophie is like okay that is off the list forever (laughs) that will never happen again you mentioned that again i will stab you in the eye some of the things we haven't tried yet, but they're like on a list. And again, like you can hear from us laughing about it. You have to be a little lighthearted about it. Sophie had this thing. Sorry, I'm going to go another minute on this. Sophie had this thing years ago that I think you let go of, Soph. But Sophie had this fear that if you try something and it doesn't work or you don't like it, maybe it was only a subset of yeah. things. I'll let you expand. Um, You can't can't undo it. You can't unsee it. You can't unexperience. You can't unfeel it. I've been through a ton in my life. And so I I always didn't feel that way. Like I've had, I had an entire other life before Sophie that looked nothing like this life. And I function pretty normally now. So I know you can reprogram yourself, but I also understood her fears because I, I misstepped and I, I stepped out of bounds a couple of times. So it's like, I understood her fear about 
that happening repeatedly. But I think you have to, I have a, I have a saying right here behind me that you can barely hear, but it says, why not go out on a limb? That's where all the fruit is. Yeah. If you're, if you've been in the middle of your tree of life and your relationship, you've picked all the fruit. Yeah. You know, so you can just wait another four or five years until some more fruit comes to, to bear and you can eat more fruit or you can start going out on limbs. But then we have a bunch of rules in place. Boundaries. And I don't mean just about sexuality. I mean, in life in general, the kind of say like we're, we're in it together. Yeah. So all of our experiences, physically, emotionally, psychologically, sexually travel are combined. Like if I can't be there, we're going to have shared experiences as she travels so that we all, it's always our experience that we're expanding. And that's our core for us is we're not, we have yet to ever, and I don't see us ever changing this in the future. It's been a standing rule for us for like seven years. Anything that we experience that is new, when we go out on that limb, we're experiencing it together. And we have to be very conscientious of how it's impacting each other. And that's also like when I, when we first started dating, I'd always say like, oh, I feel I get confused in my body, the different sensations between scared and excited, like those feelings show up really similarly. So when I first met a D, he was seven and a half years older and I was 20 years old and I had a fake ID and he's this amazing man who's getting his PhD and had this past life and all these things. And so when we started dating, I'm like, I feel so scared. I'm so nervous. And my best friends would be like, no, you're excited. And I'm like, am I? And, you know, and so it's the same thing kind of goes when you take risks in life. Like when you try something new, especially alone, when you take those leaps, it's like, this feels really scary, but it's also exciting. Like they can both exist. And the cool thing about our arrangement is that at least we have the partner in crime to be like, I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling nervous. This feels really like, what if this happens? These these are my fears. Here are my concerns. But hey, we're in this together and we're holding hands. So it does make it less scary, but it doesn't make it not scary. When you go out on the limb, you could fall. And that's always true. Yeah. That's the beauty of of having this kind of connection, though, is, is being willing to be open and say those sorts of things and then have your partner on the other side be receptive as well. Because when you're closed off or it's, you know, people can listen, but they may not hear. Like you're not having the same experience as what you guys are talking about right now. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back in a few with more adulting like a mother father. Okay. When I hear PSL or pumpkin spice latte, I literally, I get all the feels. Okay. Native is launching their PSL collection. It's available now for a limited time. Um, yes, native, the deodorant. Okay. So why wouldn't you want to smell like pumpkin spice latte? I'm physically raising my hand. You can't see it, but it's happening. It comes with a standard size deodorant, a mini deodorant, two bars of soap and body wash. Dang. You guys are going to be all the pumpkin spice clean. I love it. I'm into it. I'm into it too, but I'm more into this uh native just recently introduced their plastic free by 23 initiative basically what that means is that they are planning to go plastic free or provide sustainable packaging options for all of their products by the end of 2023 love it which i think is amazing and that's the direction we should all be going absolutely uh look guys if you're not about the aluminum 
like us, because you don't need it in your deodorant, you can try Native risk-free. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S., plus free 30-day returns and exchanges. See why so many people love Native and check out their over 14,000 five-star reviews. Yep. Do what we did and make the switch to Native today by going to native.com slash adulting or use promo code adulting at checkout and get 20% off your first order. That's nativedeo.com slash adulting or use promo code adulting at checkout for 20% off your first order. All right, guys, we're back. Here's adulting like a mother father. I want to step back to you talk about checking in with each other. I find that to be really important and I put more of a focus on that in our relationship. What are you guys' thoughts on, like, what does that look like for you? Are you making it a priority to do that at least once a day or what, what's your flow? Um, we theoretically put it once a day. Uh, we have essentially two spots in our calendar schedules that say that once in the beginning of the day, just to compare, we actually didn't do it today because I was in the middle of a meeting, but what does your schedule look like today? What do you have going on? It's like a touchstone to say like, here's my day, here's my snapshot. Okay, maybe can we find each other? But more importantly, okay, that's where you're at today. It's just a check-in and a yeah. touchstone. And then at the end of the day, once our toddler is in bed, because things are just too chaotic, we can't even have a conversation when she's awake. When she goes down, then there's another kind of like check-in. I actually just shared this today on my feed because it's something that we do all the time and I've never actually written it out. Um, and it's something that's been a very important tool in our relationship for a long time. And the questions vary. Um, but the ones that I pulled up, the ones that I wrote out last night, we did ourselves and it felt really good because it's a good balance. It only takes really 15 minutes at most if for both people to share and like everyone has 15 minutes. So our, even our two older boys are off playing. We're like, we just need 15 minutes. Just go play in the playroom for a little bit you don't need that much time. And so one person shares and you, you know, the check-in is like, you know, what basically like what's a win from today? What was a challenge today? And you keep it on you. Like today I felt. I can read it if you want. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why don't you read it? Yeah. Okay. So these are um, things that you could do to check in. I find these really helpful. So I thought our listeners would too. So number one, highlight of my day. Number two, challenge of the day. And then number three, something that I did, uh, something that I appreciate you did or are doing, something I'm working on is, and where could I support you more? Which something that we certainly have been talking about more. I love the morning check-in to Mm -hmm. get the scope of the day. Um, And I I think at night to like decompress and and take it all in and have that conversation again is really important. And and I like, sorry, go ahead. I like the languaging a little bit of um, where can I support you and where can I need where do I need your support versus what a lot of us get into if we're honest about it, which is like, hey, you did this today, or you didn't do, and this. it bothered me. Yeah, and because in the end, we all know this. If we're in a relationship, the reason we have the maybe we don't know this, and I should say it, the reason we have the reaction to somebody else's actions is because of how we translated our perspective on what they did. You didn't do the dishes. It's not really about the dishes. It's about you take me for granted and you think I'm just your maid. Um, That's the idea. So where I could use more support is saying, here's where I felt lacking today and I'm asking for your help, which gets received very differently than here's what you did today and how you made me feel. Mm -hmm. And so there's little variations in that that seem 
simple, but create a massively different experience for your partner to be able to communicate. And not just that, you're keeping it on you. It's what you need, what you could use help in. Here's what I could use some support and it feels so different to receive that. And the way that it works with the check-in is one person just says everything and has a moment and the other person just listens. Yeah. You can nod your head. You can sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, but you're not responding you're not saying, yeah, or like there's it's not up for discussion. It's not a conversation. It's not a conversation. You're just kind of dumping the answers so the, your partner can hold space for you and have an active listening. And then when you're done, okay, I think I'm done now. Okay. And then the other person goes. And then after both partners have gone and it's done, then you can open it up to whatever. Maybe you have sex. Maybe you play a game. Maybe you watch a movie. Maybe you hug. Maybe you get into a fight. Maybe you discuss that stuff. But it's a, it opens the door to more intimate, vulnerable connection. Definitely. Love that. I think anything to, I guess, um, become more vulnerable or have a better understanding leads to just ultimately, in my, like the first thing I think about is like, being intimate with one another like how do you separate you know one average night of sex from another it's like well how do we get to a place where it feels deeper and it feels more important and we're both like in a headspace that like is exciting or um or loving and it's not just like a to-do um and yeah having those conversations certainly help yeah i think that for me personally i struggle um with like dropping in and getting to a point where i'm relaxed enough to have sex and this instantly can help because that's what I want. I want to feel close to my partner. He's not a very intimate person and that's just the way he grew up. I can, you can look at his parents and you understand in a single conversation that they're just not intimate people. They're loving. They're great. They're generous. They're good humans. And we grew up in very different homes. My family was affectionate and showed love through touch and talking about our feelings and emotions. And like, that's just not the way he grew up. So if we can have a practice that we both feel good about that anchors us both in, then that already strips away. I mean, it depends how stressed I am, but that it takes a few layers away so that I can actually see my husband and not be resentful that he's not showing up all day and doing those things for me. Cause it's not a fault thing. He's not doing it on purpose to be a jerk. He's doing it because he doesn't have the tools and he's just in his day and in his world. And it's been 16 years. He's not going to start doing that automatically, just like he's not going to start reading my mind. So if we have the practice built in, there's way more chance that it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that resonates a lot with me because I think she would feel the same way. I'm probably, you know, fairly similar to you, Adi. I, I feel like even after nine years, sometimes it just feels like something that, you need to do versus something you want to do. You know what I mean? I, I have a, I put up a workshop. It should be available on ignited.com forward slash feelings wheel. That's it. Just feelings wheel. One of the things I find for a lot of men who are similar um, is I don't even have the vocabulary to talk about what's going on inside my family. I mean, Sophie mentioned it, but my family's really good uh, if you want to talk about what has to be done, what got done, what would be success, what, you know, what our neighbor, our loved one, whatever accomplished those things. Like if it's accomplishment or, or behavior based, my family's pretty good internal representation feelings. I had no language for that. No. So I had like, I don't even know if I had angry. I had like sad, lonely, happy. 
Those might be like the three emotions I had. And there was a real discovery for me that just like the world, like imagine if you only had three colors, like black, white, and gray, the world would be muted. Yeah. And so the emotional experience that we have is that. And so the feelings wheel is what I found is a really simple way. It's a three tiered wheel. Most of us have at least a lot of the feelings in the middle part of it in the earlier uh, internal core. And then as you go out, you know all the words. Not a single word on that wheel is going to be foreign to you. You know the meaning. You have no idea what they feel like. And so to start being able... You could even print out the feelings wheel and do it with the check-in because it's like, well, I felt challenged today because... And then you can like actually find the emotion because it's like, I felt frustrated. Okay, but what's under the frustration? Oh, under I felt this. unappreciated. Yeah. Or, yeah. And so it gives you all this new, these new words. And, and then your partner can understand. And then that's intimacy because you're like, yes. this is actually how I feel. Most of the time I'm sit- running around frustrated because I'm like, he doesn't understand how I feel. He'll never understand. But it's, that's not true. There is a way. Or even like, how was your day? It was pretty good. Yeah. All right. I yeah. say that all the time, by the way, still to this day. It's pretty good. <laughs> cool conversation over yeah. right you have nothing else to go on versus yeah it was actually a really good day I felt very understood in this one area but then I, I was a little frustrated about what happened earlier and then I felt accomplished by that alone will open up like 45 minutes worth of conversation I think this is that part where sorry I'm gonna get cliched here for a minute but the whole thing of men talking about how you know women can talk on and on and on it's partially also the opposite that men just got if you're not talking to me about what there is to do, like does something have to be cleaned, something have to be fixed, does like a nail have to be put in the wall, explain to me what has to get done. If we're not talking about those things, there's a sense that the rest of it is meaningless. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like it or not, I have an internal experience. Everybody has an internal experience and it matters. You still not express it. So if I don't know how to talk about it, yeah. it gets really, really difficult to do something about it. My wife really cares about that internal experience. So if I can't even mention it, how are we going to have a conversation about it? Yeah. yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Huh. My mind's going hundred miles an hour right now because I feel like in ways we're very similar, but in other ways, not so much. I don't have much of an issue talking about my feelings. I didn't grow up in a family that was like super lovey dovey. Didn't really talk about feelings a whole lot. Um, but somewhere along the line, I decided that that was important for me. Like I decided communication was the biggest thing in the world. Right. So we struggle in our relationship when it comes to that, because I'm more than willing to talk about anything and put anything on the table. And she's not so much like the question of how was your day? And you answer with that pretty good. That would be her. Love it. The difference is though, I express myself in different ways, which is also unique because I didn't grow up in a family that was um, very emotional or even expressive. We didn't have talks about very many things. My parents separated, you know, early on and before that they might as well have been separated. There just was no like intimacy or or love and affection. So I have grown to really want that Mm -hmm. and strive to have more of that in our relationship. So it's almost like that's my means of communicating or in, in order for me to communicate, like to let my guard down, I need like a touch or an an acknowledgement physically and then I'm like a wide open book like let the floodgates roll Um, but I'm not like he where he can like have a conversation point blank and be really in tuned and and be emotionally there you know like you guys have you guys done the five love languages have you read that yeah you should it helps a lot because I mean also again we're evolving over time like my love languages were different when we first met 
different a few years into having one child. Now with three kids, my love languages is completely different because I'm it's acts of service. I'm like, I need you to do the shit I said to do. That's it. Just do it. And then I know you love me. And if not, then you're dead to me. It's pretty simple, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's also like, I don't have the space to even consider those other things. Like that is the first thing because that I, I'm, I have so many balls in the air. I need support. So that is my love language now, but knowing yourself and then your partner, knowing how you communicate that love language at any given time is so important and valuable because then, then you're giving them what they want. If you, if, if your love language is acts of service and you're buying them, if he keeps buying me things, I'm like, why are you wasting your time going to a store? I needed you to do all these other things. I'm like annoyed by the gift. And he's like, but I love you. Look. And I'm like, I don't want that crap. We don't what we have bills to pay. Why would you? I want to go on a vacation. I don't want that thing. So, it, you know, it's, it, it only helps us to know our partner and ourselves better. Yeah. That's a, that's a real world example. I buy no more gifts or so. No, don't buy me anything. <laughs> buy me experiences. That's, <laughs> that's a good spot to be in. Yeah. Right. All right. But, but if you listen, you know, we started out this conversation with how your relationship is like this river that just flows and I can decide to go against it. I can say, well, she told me not to buy her more stuff. I just get it right. But I learned that buying gifts is how you show love. So I'm going to force it down her throat. I'll buy her a more expensive gift or a more thoughtful gift or, you know, do that. And I can, I can decide to fight that fight. And maybe by some miracle, I change the way she reacts, but I can have a much easier time going like, I'll go do the dishes. Yeah. And or go to the spa. I'm going to go, I'll pay for that. And I'm going to take care of the kids and all the house things like that's yeah. the love language, you know? It's not about the spa treatments. It's about me being alone, getting pampered, and him handling the stuff. This brings up, so we have radical transparency. We have um, this kind of, this, this ability to communicate on and on and on about things that are problematic and are causing friction. And then there's the phrase that we use a lot, which we learned from, I think we learned from one of our therapists. I don't remember which one, but um, it gets down in the relationship to do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And a lot of people, and I'm fully pointing at myself, um, think that if you just prove to your partner that you're right, they will change their mind and they will understand everything about you. And you can take on that fight if you want and all the more power to you. I'll be over here going on vacations and having sex with my wife um, and you will be fighting. And the reason is nobody in the world wants to be proven they're wrong. So I'm not saying that you even have to accept your loved one's point of view on this, that, or the other thing. Um, if we're talking about politics or whatever, take that where you want to take it. But, but when it comes to intimacy and connecting, if I want to just generally connect with anybody, then sure, I can go just be right and find somebody I'll connect with. But if I want to connect with my wife, then part of what I have to learn and understand and incorporate into my life is what brings her feelings of wanting to be intimate with me and then my job is sort of to learn how to do that better over time so i think that's one of the other things we use a lot i love that so much do you guys uh maybe this is a silly question do you guys both feel the same way like your job is to do the things that the other person needs no i mean we have different love languages so i think my i'm not sure every i'm not gonna like generalize but for me I think being the mother figure 
means that I'm the manager of our family. I'm the manager of our social life. I'm the, you know, I hold a lot of things. I also work full time and I have the children. And so it's, it's just like, I have a lot. He works. That's what he does. If he weren't with me, he'd be working. He just works. That's what he does. He doesn't, he's not a super social creature. He enjoys it if I plan a night out, but he's not, that's not what he craves. I play music too. He plays music alone. And um, but I'm very different. I'm very social. I like have a lot of things I want to do. I'm, I handle all the kids activities and their acting careers and you know, their Waldorf school. And I'm holding all of these things for our family. And I never signed a contract when we first had babies that said, I'm going to be the bearer of all things. I'm also going to work full time. I'm also going to be amazing wife. I'm also going to do our social. I never said that. And we're not in the 1950s. There's no, I don't, I'm not going to make sure like foods on the table at 6 PM and he gets his drink like delivered to him. It's just not going to happen. I am handling all these things because we live in this really cool world where women can do everything, but I can't do everything alone. I need support. And so that's my love language. And so I think that's, I'm speaking about myself for him. I think, you know, helping him to let go is probably his more thing is like, how can I have more fun? How can I not always have my head in, in work mode and, and be like, have it, like, have opportunities to be a better dad. And he wants to play, he wants to like, let go. But I think that's his biggest challenge. But even, even speaking to that, right. So when we started out again, we've been together a while, but when we started out, I was a primary supporter. Mm-hmm. Sophie had just gotten out of college, was trying to figure out what she could do. It was quote unquote more traditional. We had no kids yet, but it was more and more traditional. I took on more and more work. We had less and less space. Then we had a kid. And the conversation happened like, hey, we can't keep living like this. We can't live with you working 70 hours a week, coming home, having no space for anything. You're miserable. You're stressed out. So then Sophie started taking on more of those responsibilities. So in that way, I think there was a space of Sophie saying, hey, what serves the relationship? Yeah. Did she want to go out and get, uh, or it wasn't even get a job. Did she want to focus on starting to make more money doing the things she was doing or not? I don't know, but she did it in service. So I could literally let go of a job. Yeah. And so there was this give and take and we are in this place right now where Sophie has taken on a ton. She's, she makes more money than I do right now. She's supporting us. I'm, I'm not, you know, the, the projects I'm doing are kind of like starting Building. to bear fruit and whatnot. And so there's this rebalancing. And again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is just like, there's this, there's this navigation of the, the river that you're flowing down. And for some people listening right now, the conversations that we had to have when Sophie would say to me, I don't know, what would it be? 20, 30 times you said to me, Hey, you can't work like this anymore. And I could not see another way until one day we're sitting down. She said, what, what would it take? And we sat down, we mapped it out. What would it take for you to not be working 70 hours anymore? And this was at the beginning of my career with philosophy. Like I, I was just doing it for fun. I just made superfoods for celebrities. I was like, hey, I'm just make you some stuff in my kitchen and charge a lot. And it was fun. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, or I could actually like make this a business. And that was the turning point for philosophy and for our relationship because he said, well, you need to make this much a month. I'm like, oh, so how many bags of superfoods is that? And we mapped it out. This many bags, this many cleanses, this many, all these things. And it gave me the power and empowerment to, you know, bring some money in so that my husband could have peace of mind and not be so swamped. But I needed to give up some control. Yeah. And trust Trust. Sophie to do it. She delivered the next month, literally. 
that was our rent. So now rent was taken care of and I just have to take care of the rest of the stuff. And so gradually we sort of played in this place. Um, Sophie's also, again, like I just want to acknowledge she's really great at trusting that if we just figure out what it needs to look like, somehow the universe and our network and the people around us will deliver on that, which was something really difficult for me. That was not the place I grew up in at all. For me, it was like work, 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 and you'll get what you want. Not trust. Like trust had no, no, no role in, in making money. So that played into it. And now we're on the flip side. We're like, now I have to kind of start readjusting what I'm doing. So it's always a game. Um, it's really, again, it's more about being open, a big piece of this. And my cheating had a lot to do with why the trust was lost there for a while was trusting that my partner has our best interest, our best interest, not just her best interest. So that is, I think now Sophie trusts that I do. And so when I don't show up, it's not a question of does he love me and does he care about us and as a couple and a family, et cetera. It's more like, hey, how do I get across what's needed here so we can rebalance? And it does give us a piece. You know, we talk about our friction and our fights and things like that. They just don't last that long now. So they're like 35 to 40 minutes of friction. And then we understand each other better on the other side. And it doesn't go to perfect, but it's like 2% better. And then it keeps improving. Yeah. So it's amazing. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. It's really, it's actually, you guys have done a lot of work and you continue to do a lot of work. And I, I always find it so fascinating talking to couples who are in that like school of thought. Um, Cause it doesn't come natural. And it's certainly like, if I'm being transparent, it's not something that comes natural to us. We've never really stuck to therapy or done like these deeper dives on a more regular basis. It's usually like, Oh, we've hit a wall and now we have to confront it and find survival very quickly. And we're trying to like figure out our ways around that now because yeah. there's a lot going on. You have kids, you throw a pandemic into the mix. Like you don't want to be in a situation where you're just trying to survive until you hit the wall again. So, it's so you, you know, your examples. Yeah. You asked earlier about the intimacy piece. And I think that's a good place. A lot of people look, what are the things, right? You fight about sex, you fight about money. Like those are the things you fight, people fight a lot about. Um, the intimacy thing for us, it didn't start out necessarily that way, but now is one of those places where it's sometimes fun to push. Like the tantric sex workshop, we had no idea what we're walking into. But we were in Tulum, there was this woman, we're like, all right, screw it. Well, let's just sit down and we'll do the thing. And it was definitely a little anxiety provoking. There was definitely some times in the middle of it that were kind of like um, exciting slash anxious. But I would, you know, we're, we're, you don't live in a traditional world, especially in our world right now, this whole social media world, et cetera. So those of us who are lucky and have access to, I'll say the more fringe stuff, sometimes that's actually where it's most fun to play. For other people, it's really scary. For us, one of our really dear friends, Alexander Roxo, um, when we were struggling, I gave her a call and I said, Hey, can I sit down with you for an hour and do some sessions? She, the stuff she talked to me about had nothing to do with traditional therapy. Uh, one of our other, you know, Shaman Dirk, like some of our friends are pretty out, out there, there for the world. Yeah. But for me, trying everything, look, I have a PhD in psychology. There's not, <laughs> it's not that it's not going to be nice to sit with a therapist, but a lot of what a therapist knows to say to me, I already know. I sometimes like the stuff that really challenges you to think about your world differently. Yeah. And so I just want to urge you to think about this a little bit, not from a perspective of, hey, when there's conflict, let's solve it. But when there's conflict, 
Let's look at where the origin is. Is it intimacy? Is it work-life balance? One of those things. And then connect with somebody out there in the world who inspires you. And, and look at what they have to offer in that. Don't, the conflicts are almost never about the thing you're really fighting about. Yeah. Almost never. Every once in a while, there's a real, a real crisis that happened in the moment and somebody really screwed up. But even then, if you dig deep, the trouble really started a while back. Yeah. So if you just categorize it, is this a money thing? Is it a, a relationship thing? Is it a sex thing? Is it a career thing? Whatever it is. And then once you realize that bucket, look around and see somebody that inspires you in that world. And if you dive into their content and to what they have to offer, my get, that's to me where I've seen the biggest payoff because they don't even speak a language you understand yeah, it's, right now. It's like a shifting of perspective. It's just seeing things from a different... We have looked at each other and thought about these things for a million... It's not working. Like if we keep having that same fight, like this is not going to work. Okay, our therapist isn't helping us navigate this. We keep... This keeps resurfacing. Let's look at it from a different perspective. So getting someone completely different, like these friends he's mentioned and just people out there, there's all these great coaches, like try something new. If it sparks your interest, your partner's down, give it a try. Worst thing is you have like a ridiculous zoom session in this day and age and you guys laugh about it. Like worst case. We have like, we have our intro to radical transparency in a relationship workshop. Some people are really scared by the idea of talking openly about everything. It freaks them out. Okay. Well, if you don't know how to do it, download a $40 workshop yeah. And try it out at home. You're not risking anything. There's yeah. not like a, you don't have to jump off a bridge. You just, just have to dip your time. toe. Just take the time to look together separately. What sparks your interest? Start a list. Start a little list where you're like, it's bored. You're bored on a weekend. It's Saturday night. Your child's asleep. Like instead of just watching something mindlessly, if, I mean, sometimes that's medicine too, right? That's medicine sometimes for us. Sometimes I just want to watch Shameless and just zone out. But it's... Also, other times I want, maybe I don't want to because I'm lazy, but I know in my heart that I want to connect with my partner. It's been a while. Let's try one of those things. Let's try an hour workshop. Let's have a drink together and do that and like make it fun. And that, it is fun. It is fun to try something new with your partner. And that's kind of like what the theme of this has been. And finding a new perspective is just so healthy, always. I agree. Now, for our listeners, did you have something you want to say on that? I just wanted to transition into, um, have you guys thought about what's next? Like, what are you trying to gather next? Yeah, so a lot of the work that I do is in the addiction. I help people who struggle with mental health and addiction issues. And I really want Sophie and I to dive in. So we do one-on-one or we do workshops, in-person workshops. And I want to be able to take that online to help people. There are a lot of people who struggle with cheating or other breaks of trust and things of that nature. And and are not really sure how to make it out or even if it's possible to make it out. And so a lot of the pieces that we've talked about here today have really helped us, but then it's a question of, okay, what exact tools do I use and how frequently and, and do I need to put one in front of the other, et cetera. And so I really, for years now, I've wanted us to do one of those. And I think, I don't know, 2020 has been such a bizarre year, but um, my hope is that over the next year or so, we'll be able to create something specifically for that. Um, and then we have our own podcast, the Ignited Podcast, which we love and we're putting more and more attention into. I think you meant personally, like us, right? Did you mean us as a couple? 
talking this about this. Too. No, yeah. this is good this too. too. Okay, okay. This I was going to say for, for people who are listening, like I know you're saying, you know, reach out to other sources, but I find you guys as being a really important source too because just from the little glimpse I've seen on your social media and I haven't even dive, dove into the projects that you're part of and I am certainly a, a listener that would listen to Ignited because I love anything that has to do with relationships. Those are like mm-hmm. all the podcasts I listen to right now. It's kind of where I get like these little... I guess little sparkles of information, things I take back to our relationship. So I'm glad that you're plugging all this because I think it's important. Well, thanks. Well, the thing is, Sophie and I have done work separately for so long. I love that our worlds are kind of starting to come together because we have done so much work on our relationship and there is so much to draw from yeah. that more and more people are coming to us. And I I don't love that we work separately. I I like the times that we get to come together a lot. So so that's on our radar. We're looking for a lot of travel. Hopefully. Yeah. And we, I mean, you know, when things start to open back up, we want to lead more retreats for couples and families. Like I think there's a missing link. There's really nowhere for families to go together. So what about like a, like a mindful retreat where mm. the parents get their medicine all day, get to heal, get to find each other and drop in. But in the mornings and the evenings, they get to be with their families. And so it's like, you're not lead. That's one of the biggest obstacles. I've taught yoga retreats internationally for 10 years. And I I don't love leaving my family. It's healthy in some ways, but I know that's an obstacle for a lot of families. Once you have multiple kids, it's just leaving the family, leaving your partner. What about doing it together? So I think that's what I really see as a possibility for us and um, letting the kids do really fun things during the day, enriching activities and play and then be super tired. And then the parents get to find each other. And that's, that's the core to everything. Like in our world, like we have, what is it? A 50% divorce rate? Yeah. It's over 50. Over, over the lifetime of marriages, it's over 50%. And we want to help that number go down. You know, yeah. we, a lot of these divorces are because people don't have the tools it's really all it is. And so they give up because they don't have the support. And there's so much negative messaging about relationships. It sucks, but it's, yeah. you know, it's just like so much of the messaging is this like Cinderella story. If you find the right one, then you'll never fight BS. And it's yeah. just, I hate it because <laughs> we've got, we've grown so afraid of conflict. Yeah. I mean, you see it in our politics right now. It's like, if it's, it's as if, unless the person sitting in front of you is like a mirror of you, you can't have a conversation with them. And every time there's something you disagree about, you just take it off the table. And most couples, we have this example I'm not going to use here because it uses a, <laughs> it uses an example that probably won't run well with you. But um, couples we see over and over accumulate this dirt, this filth in their life. Yeah. And what they do is they keep trying to avoid it and avoid it and avoid it. Eventually they're like standing in a room full of crap and, they can't talk to each other anymore. And they can't walk over there because that's like that time they got in that fight and they didn't talk about it then. So now they definitely can't talk about it because they're yeah. accumulated and yeah, you can't like, walk in your home. You can't have, you can't listen to certain music. You can't wear that shirt because it triggers him. Like it becomes this like horrible environment to live in. And then you're like, I'm out. Let's sell the house. Let's go. I can't possibly look at this. Where would I even begin? So this at least helps like tack away at that. Yeah. And we're, you know, Sophie's working on a book proposal for things along this nature. I, we really are trying to make it a point to use our lessons to help, as Sophie mentioned, get less people divorced, either by helping them make the decision that they're not the right couple on the front end to get married, or once they've run into trouble to just not put their hands up and give up. I I feel like there's a little too much of that. 
I love it. Well, we would be, I would sign us up for the couples retreat, but most importantly, I love the family idea. I'm so game for that. Done. Um, I'm glad that you guys came and shared a bit about your relationship and intimacy and the trials and tribulations you guys have been through to get to where you are today. And I'm sure it's always an evolving process. I appreciate you being so transparent because it, you know, it helps for obviously our listeners, but selfishly, like I just wanted to pick your brain and Mm -hmm. I was in a space where I've seen some stuff that you posted and I just thought like, I feel like you'd be a great person because I know how honest you are. And especially at D, I wasn't familiar how like a ton of your work, but it's nice to hear both of you talk about, you know, your different perspectives. So I appreciate it. Did you enjoy it? I did. I did. Thank you guys very much. <laughs> Yay. No, thank you guys. Thanks it's for having us great. on. More adulting like a mother father when we come back. Did you know that right now, Geico is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's 15% on top of the money Geico could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Your dog to make you breakfast in bed with Belgian waffles and a fresh fruit compote? Yeah, as nice as that sounds, that's probably never going to happen. But at least there's never been a better time to switch to Geico. Save an extra 15% when you switch by October 7th. Visit Geico.com to learn more. I'm Max Dubrow, and I'm so excited to be hosting a new podcast called I'll Give It To You Straight-ish. Some things you can look forward to hearing on the show are conversations about coming out as bi, the LGBTQ plus community, and growing up in the age of technology. You'll also get to know my whole life story and all the drama, don't worry, including growing up on The Real Housewives and having to deal with severe social anxiety on the daily. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast One, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Now back to adulting like a mother father. Okay, so we're back and I I don't I I mean like the Do you have words? Yeah. Story of my life. Um Yeah, I just I always take a lot in from relationship advice and hearing from couples and I know I mentioned earlier like I I love listening to relationship podcasts and um I think it's just because I personally have a lot to learn and um and I think like sometimes these conversations just feel impactful but also kind of confusing because then I start to internalize a lot of how I'm feeling and where to go next and how to improve and sometimes that just feels daunting so that's kind of why, I don't know, I just feel a little like, okay, like, I think I have a lot of work to do. What does that look like? How do we have more of that um, radical transparency? Like, mm-hmm. how do we work on intimacy? How do we work on communication? How do we get the things that we need from one another? Like, it feels like the up, like upstream like swim that he yeah. was referring to. So I understand. I understand how that can be overwhelming. I think, you know, it's harder when you're closer. So like me in our relationship, it it might be harder to address those questions and, uh, what the next steps are. But if I was going to answer that for somebody else, I would just always try to simplify. I mean, 
any any project, anything that you do, if you look at the entirety of it, it could feel overwhelming, right? Because mm-hmm. you think about the hundreds of steps or actions that you need to take or whatever, and it feels like a lot. And a lot of times that stops somebody from doing anything at all. Yes. That really, I feel that. I think when you dumb it down and simplify and you look at, you know, I mean, this is just one thought I have. It's like, what's what's one thing that I can do or think about per day that would improve my relationship or whatever I'm trying to improve instead of looking at all the things that you think might need to change. Yeah. Cause I that's think, likely you're not going to do anything. Right. I think what I want to try and do is do those check-ins because I know that you'd appreciate that cause it's something you've spoken about before. Um, but also just because it's really nice to be able to speak without someone interjecting and like putting their feelings on what you're saying. So it just feels safe to know that, okay, I'm going to just like vent for a little bit and talk about, you know, the things that we had said earlier. And then in hopes that that would like bring you to a place that feels just more neutral and you have a better understanding of one another. And then that leads to, you know, another conversation that leads to another conversation. Then you feel like you connected. And I feel like it's hard when you have so many things going on. And I know that they relate to this too, where it's like, you just don't have those times to, to connect in a way that like is meaningful to one another. Yeah, I agree. I'm like totally lacking that right now. And I know you are too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a lot of thoughts around that. Uh, I do want to say this though, because I think this would hit home for a lot of people. We're all guilty of it is whereas we are really busy and just adding a kid into the mix, like amplifies everything. Cause there's just hands on 24 seven. You feel like nothing is yours anymore. And I'm speaking about time. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have opportunities. However, a lot of those opportunities are lost by things like one of us being on our phone. Yeah. Like something that's not important. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just wasting time. But that's why I thought it was so cool. when she said like, we went on a day date, even though I knew that it probably, I could have done a bunch of other stuff. And yes, they fought for the first 45 minutes, which completely relate to in some regard, but it's like, you kind of just have to sometimes put your phone away. Like last night I said, this is embarrassing. We've been on our phone for far too long, getting nothing done for no reason. Like, let's not watch TV tonight. Let's not be on our phones. I followed that rule and went to bed and like got a really full night's sleep. Did you? I did. Oh, you did. I yeah, it wasn't on my have... phone. I just couldn't fall asleep. Oh, gotcha. I just want to be better about that because I don't want to keep wasting time mindlessly when like we can definitely be spending it like either connecting or just doing pretty much anything that's more beneficial for Mate, our lives. I've been saying this for so long. But you have to admit you're a victim of this because I've seen you on your phone more now than like ever, ever, ever before. Yeah. I feel like I have to be, but yeah, I understand. See, like I do too, but then I know when I've hit a threshold of like, I'm doing absolutely nothing now and this is like really silly Yeah, and it's getting me nowhere. Um, I think, um, I just want to reiterate what Adi said. And I forget the analogy he made, but essentially your relationship is like working on anything else, like your home or a job or whatever, you know, when, when you don't make the time or, or make your purpose improving what you have, then all those things that have fallen behind forever are going to stay in that same place. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and there's the, you know what I mean? Dang it. <laughs> I can't go an episode without no. it. Um, I, I, things like, and there's so many moments, but like moments for me that I've, I've brought to light in the past, like time in the car together, which is, you know, it's, it's just such a normal event for people. Right. But when, when everything else is filling up your time, like it is for us at this point, and you have, there goes my phone. Uh, when you have 30 minutes in the car to go see family or whatever, like that's, that's a valuable 30 minutes mm-hmm. that we could be using to connect, to make our relationship stronger, to make our communication stronger, to talk about things that are going well, things that aren't going well, like our, our fears are the our, check-ins. I like go through that. Exactly. Check-in. Yeah, for sure. I know. Because the thing, I guess what I was trying to get at is the check-in doesn't necessarily have to be a dump of here's all my problems no, and no, my challenges no. for the day. Like when yeah. you do it proactively, proactively, like you get to talk about everything. Yeah. No, I, I know that's what I'm saying is like, I don't think we carve out that time and, um, it's nice to hear from a couple who's been together almost double the amount, no more than double, no less than double the amount of years. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know math. Um, as us, because they're, they're still finding their way and people are learning tips and tricks. And I think that they shared a lot of tangible like practices that I need to just like let simmer mm-hmm. in me because I don't know why, but I have this tendency to get overwhelmed by change and then having to realize that like things aren't a hundred percent between us. Like we aren't doing the work that a lot of people are who are thriving in other ways and I want to thrive. So now I'm just trying to digest it all. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I have more to say, but I'll leave it for another episode. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. Well, um, a lot to, to sort through and that's just life. You know, we're constantly evolving and if we weren't, then it would be really boring and I'm done with being boring. Okay. Same Z's. Same Z's. All right, guys, thank you for listening. If you have any thoughts on this subject and if you're in a relationship or a long-term relationship, we would really love to to hear from you guys if you have any practices that have helped maybe spark some new fun adventure just another conversation between the two of you that you you haven't had in a while i think we're we're open yeah hit the adulting uh dm yes and then on top of that let us know what you think of of the episode or the show in general uh on apple podcast review be as honest as you like yeah please please no we love the feedback (laughs) i'm keeping it pretty damn real these days so it's okay it's okay i need to be i don't know maybe i just need therapy and i need to get off my mic (laughs) okay guys so we're gonna cut you off there we'll see you guys next all right love you bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Adulting Like a Mother Father. New shows drop every Tuesday on the Direct Message Network on Podcast One. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our New Year's special. The Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $899, plus special financing, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details.
Hey, listeners, looking for an affordable way to go back to school? National University is investing $30 million in new scholarships. For 50 years, National University has pioneered achievable higher education. Today, NU offers over 75 100% online degree programs and flexible four-week class schedules that let you start sooner and finish faster. National University. Classes start monthly. Apply for your scholarship today at nu.edu. Hey, Michael Phelps here. I want to tell you a bit about online therapy. Online therapy is not about time and place. It's anytime and any place. Did you know that over 50% of Americans struggle with their mental health? I'm one of them. And that's why I'm here to tell you about online therapy and how it can change your life. Online therapy is just as easy as joining a video call or texting with a friend. Only you'll be talking to a licensed therapist from your device on your schedule. Talkspace is more committed than ever to making therapy accessible and affordable for all. Go to Talkspace.com and start working with a licensed therapist today. Brought to you by Talkspace. Therapy for all. Get $100 off your first month of Talkspace therapy with coupon 100 for you. 